This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You think of a song and it comes on the radio. Mm-hmm. You think of a friend and they text you. That's all intuition. And we mm-hmm. don't necessarily connect it like that. And then when you mm-hmm. try to create intuition, it gets further away. But when you're letting it flow and trusting your gut response, that's when you really start to connect with it. And that's when people are like, whoa, am I like a superhero? What did I just do? Hey guys, I'm Cindy Lutwako and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Thank you guys for being here. I'm your host, Sydney. Welcome to the podcast from wherever you're listening from. I just am so glad you're here. Today's episode is definitely one that is super unique as I try to keep every podcast to being special and unique and something kind of different every time. So we tune in and just get whatever is on the other end of the episode. And today I have on Jen Lee. She is a life coach and an energy reader. So what she does is she takes people's charts and she's very aligned with human design, which if you guys haven't heard the episode with Erin Claire Jones that I had Bibi on, Bibiana Julian from The Bachelor, we kind of went through and broke down all the things human design. So if you haven't heard that episode or you need a refresher, definitely go back to that episode and re-listen. It'll help kind of give you a better understanding for today's episode um, because we get into a little bit of human design and energy stuff and astrology, which... I think is amazing and I've always been a fan of it, but some people have are a little weary of astrology or don't really get it or don't really understand it. But I think, I hope that today's episode will kind of break that down for you and give you a little bit more licensing to utilize it as much of it as you'd like to, to apply to your lives. And I think more than just like the woo-woo side of it and listening to the stars and all the stuff that it kind of gets a bad rap for, I think it's just a way to help us all understand ourselves to the fullest and to understand that we were all brought onto this earth for a purpose of some kind and that we all have value within ourselves and that we all have something to offer to the world. And it just kind of reaffirms that. We talked through Saturn returns today, which is something that everyone goes through. And it usually happens around 2930. Um, and it happens for like a year or so. We all go through it. And if you ha- if you don't think that's going to happen to you, it's usually a time where the world just kind of tests you a little bit and it forces you to really come into who you are as a human being. And I think it's a really beautiful time and something that is really nice that we all kind of go through to kind of realign our lives in the way that we're supposed to be leading them. But yes, so she is an energy reader and life coach and she helps her clients to have a better understanding of themselves and what their purpose and what their skills are on earth and how we can utilize them and harness them to better our lives. So I think that's, even though it can be a little bit woo-woo, it's, it's just a helpful way for you to apply what you kind of already know as human, what you kind of have intuition and apply it to your job, your relationships, how you show up in your life, um, how you take care of yourself. It can help you understand like what works for you as far as self-care. So if you're feeling like in life, you're just kind of lost or you don't have an exact direction, it's one of those things can definitely help guide you a little bit better. If you're religious or something, don't always connect with the spiritual part of things and that's totally fine. Um, I just think that no matter what anyone believes in, we're all being guided by something other than ourselves. And I think that it's just another way to help you lean into that. I really loved this conversation that we had, and I hope that it connects with all of you. Um, As far as what's going on with me, I have, when you hear this episode, I would have turned 30. So good for me. I know everyone does that like 30 things I learned when I turned 30 or something, but I kind of wanted to walk back through just kind of life lessons that I have learned up until this point and what's kind of helped me and guided me during those times where I felt lost, like we talk about on today's episode or 
especially during my 20s, when you're just trying your best to figure it out. You're trying your best to be on your own two feet. You're trying your best to be an adult and figure out what you want to do with your life and all of the things that you do while also having a ton of fun and making really bad mistakes when you're 20. I think we should do all of those things. But I wanted to kind of walk you through what I learned and what I'm looking forward to in my 30s. So I think I'll start with what I would do differently um, in my 20s. Looking back on that time period of my life, I spent most of it stressed out. I spent most of it overwhelmed or with a lot on my plates and a lot of pressure on myself to be perfect or to be what I thought was valuable to other people. And I spent many a years doing that and I still find myself doing that at times. But I think what I would take back or what I would do differently is just allowing myself to make more mistakes, allowing myself to live in the moment a little bit more and not so focus on the future and accomplishing every single goal that I ever had in my to-do list and progressing in my career. I think I would focus a little bit less on that daunting future that I was so much after and a little bit more on being in the moment and leaning into what I was kind of being asked to focus on at that time. And I think I would have had a lot more fun and done a lot more dumb stuff. I definitely did some dumb stuff, but I definitely would have done more dumb stuff if I could go back and just embrace that time in your life. Because I think that's what the 20s should be about is just making all the mistakes, just trying something and dropping it the next day. That could apply to a lot of things. That could be career stuff. That could be relationship stuff. I think you should definitely have a hoe phase. Um, I definitely didn't have a hoe phase or not a full hoe phase. So I would suggest that, but be careful and, you know, wrap it up. But (laughs) I just think that the more that we can just lean into play and lightheartedness in that time, I know we all have our own things that we're going through, what we've went through, and that can affect how we are operating our lives. But I think the more that we can just relax a little bit and chill out a little bit, the better off you're going to be. Because I think things will happen a little bit more naturally for you. If you're not trying so hard to force them to happen, like I spent most of my 20s doing, um, I think it's just a very helpful practice that I could have used. As far as what I think I did right in my 20s, I think I tried a lot of things. I was very open-minded as far as what I wanted to do with my career. I also bet on myself a lot. I think at the end of the day, no matter what kind of difficult I was going through, I always trusted that I would get there. I always trusted my um, process and I always trusted that my own timeline was unique to me and that was okay and that I didn't have to be exactly where all the rest of the people in my life were. Sometimes I question that more than others, but I think that was something I did really well was just being kind of open to how my path is going to look different maybe than someone else's. How I want to go into my 30s is to apply those things that I didn't do so much in my 20s. And I talked about this in a recent intro um, on one of my episodes about how I just want to lean into who I am as a person and being less apologetic for that, I guess, and just embracing who I am more and using that to hopefully inspire others to do the same. Yeah, to use whatever um, influence or whatever I have using this podcast to kind of help other people to truly feel like their best selves and to truly show up the best that they can every single day in their lives. That's something I, I strive to with all of the work that I do. I feel like I've learned a lot of lessons in my 30 years. Um, I know I've got a lot more living to do and a lot more lessons to learn, but I think I've learned a lot of things that I can hopefully help someone in their own lives through um, just by sharing my experiences and sharing kind of the things that I'm working through. So I hope to do more of that in my 30s and to care less about being so polished, I guess, and so prepared. I think a lot of times I, the performer part of me feels like I have to have everything rehearsed and perfected and clean and nice and complete in order to show it to the world. And I think I want to lean more into just showing up as I am fully and not having to edit it so much as I tend to do um, currently. So just leaning a little bit more into that. If you guys relate to anything that I ever speak on here, reach out to me. Um, You can DM me on my own Instagram or something to share podcast. 
and I would love to have the conversation open. I want to continue to harness and create this community so that we can share our own journeys with each other. And I can hear back from all of you on how maybe something affected you that you heard on an episode or how you've tried to apply something that you've heard from a guest or something that I've said into your own lives. I would love to continue to share that with you and help as much as I can um, with all the things that you kind of go through in your life, which is why I called this podcast something to share because I want to share this adventure, this journey, this experience, these conversations with all of you. I think that's it for me today, you guys. Um, Enjoy this episode with Jen. All I ask is that you have just an open mind and open hearts, and I think you'll really get a lot out of this. So without further ado, here is Jen. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. For the listeners that don't know you or don't really aren't familiar with your work, what is it that you do and what brings you to the podcast? So I am a life coach through the scope of human design and astrology. So using your birth chart, I can help you align with your purpose and what you are born to do, what you came to this earth to do. Yeah. I love the idea because I feel like especially with the way the world is, we tend to have moments where we can be lost in just the everyday life and the stress of it all. And it's nice to have something like the work that you do to kind of refer back to or something to kind of ground you in the idea that you were here for a reason, you have a purpose. Um, It wasn't just an accident that you ended up on this earth. So I love people like you and the work that you do to help people in that way. Yeah. I used to be super confused about what I was here to do. I went to 10 different colleges and tried out a bunch of majors and just traveled all over the place and was listening Mm -hmm. to everyone but myself. Everyone was like, oh, you should do this. You should be this. Oh, you'd be great at this. And I was like, let me try that. Let me go see. And none of it fit. So it wasn't until... After my Saturn return, that I actually got in contact with human design while I was still living in Paris. And I saw my chart and I was like, this is all what I wanted to do, but it is not even close to what I'm doing. So that's actually one of the things we're going to talk about today how Saturn kind of nudges you or sometimes pushes you in the direction that you are meant to be in. And especially for my type, I'm a four six in human design, the role model. So your first 30 years, you're a third line trial and error. So I definitely lived out that trial and error to a T. And I really wanted to help other people figure out what they are meant to do rather than what they should or are supposed to do. There's so much in this world that tells us, be like this, be this, be look here, do this. And it's a distraction. It's, it's conditioning, essentially. And this just clears everything. It cleared everything up for me and really helped me hone in on what I was here to do, which I always felt and had a sense, which was my intuition, mm-hmm. which I ignored for years, which most of us do until eventually, luckily I found human design. And I even knew about astrology, a lot about astrology, but human design really narrowed it and focused it in. So I'm really happy to be doing this work now and helping people what their heart is designed yeah, for. I love, I love it. I actually am obsessed with human design and I went on a similar path. I think it was a few years ago and we actually had Erin Claire Jones. I don't know if you're familiar with her on the podcast recently. She's amazing. And yeah, I just love um, the idea, like I said, that you were here for a purpose. And it sounds like even with your journey that even when you felt like you were out of alignments, you still were on – you were meant to go on that path in order for you to get to where you are now. And then because of that, you can kind of help people with your own experiences to kind of guide them, which I think is really beautiful actually. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I had a really intense Saturn return, so that's become my specialty to talk about. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So that's awesome because that's exactly what I want to get into. But before we jump into all of that, um, I want to go through our little segments that we always do. And I always ask someone to bring either something from their nightstand, something surprising, or something with a funny backstory. 
So Jen, what did you bring for us to share? So from my nightstand, this is my essential skincare and I actually made it. Oh, so wow. Skincare line, I, it's called Apothecan and I used to have, I still have psoriasis, but it used to be much worse. It's under control now with my lifestyle, eating well, avoiding inflammatory foods. Mm. And I had to create because everything on the counter drove my skin crazy. So nothing worked. And I ended up formulating my own formula and creating my own skincare line, which is the only thing that helps my skin not to feel itchy, dry. Like this is my, my lifeline. I call it my ultimate healing oil because I actually should have probably had stitches in my hand during quarantine, but they wouldn't accept people going to the hospital for small injuries. Wow. And basically I ended up putting my oil on it and it healed it perfectly with like no bumps, no anything. So I put this oil with my life. I put it (sighs) everywhere. I use it for everything. It's antibiotic and antiseptic, super nutritive, super healing. It has an organic uh, vitamin A oil in it. I'm just really proud of it. I created it while I was in France and I live by it and swear by it now. So it never leaves my next hand. I even have a mini one in my purse. Oh my God. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. What did you notice about what your symptoms were and like, how did you decide that these ingredients were going to help you? Was it a lot of trial and error? Did you ask around to different people? Like what got you to this formula that works for you? So yes, it was a lot of trial and error. It took me about seven years to formulate. And when I learned about a lot of skincare, especially in skincare in America, there's a lot of preservatives, which I have an allergy to. So anything like that would immediately cause inflammation and flare up my skin, even though preservatives should be a good thing to keep the product clean while you use it. And I was just very sensitive to it. Plus I wasn't living very healthy. I was in New York kind of like burning a candle at both ends not eating great, eating pizza every day because I was a Mm -hmm. student. So that was all I could afford. So my skin, uh, my father has psoriasis as well. So I know it's in my genes. And I started developing these really big red patches like on my face, on my chest, on my arms. And it was an itch that comes from within. You know, when you have like one of those itches on your leg or something and you like chase it and you can't get it. Mm -hmm. It was like that, but all the time. And of course, when it's very inflamed, very sensitive to something like hot water. So it's hard to wash your face, hard to take a shower. And I just felt so hopeless because I would try all the steroid creams and eventually they stopped working because you use it so much. And I tried coconut oil. I tried almond oil, but those are actually nut oils. So they're not, they're kind of drier, even though they're an oil and they do moisturize, but they're not the most moisturizing oils. So while I was in France, I learned a lot about skincare. Um, I took classes. And so with mine, there's 15 different organic, cold-pressed Ayurvedic herbs, oils. A lot of them you can't even find in the States. I have to order mine still from France, which I love. I'm moving back to France eventually. 15 different oils rather than one carrier oil and just a little bit of active ingredients. And the interesting thing is I don't have any preservatives in it. So it's pretty special, pretty healing and nothing to bother my skin and no fragrance, only a little bit of essential oil. So it does feel very earthy. That's my little skincare pitch. So I'm technically running two businesses. Yeah. For those of the people that don't know, you and I are both projectors and usually projectors kind of go on these deep dives when they get kind of obsessed with things or like very into something and we can just go down the wormhole and just learn every single thing that there is to know about it. So it sounds very much like that path you were on, but it led you to this beautiful healing journey. Is um, the oil that you have, is it, do you sell it to people or is it just kind of your own? Yeah, I do sell it. And it definitely, it got hard during quarantine to source my ingredients. So I took a little Mm -hmm. bit of business, but I haven't done a lot of marketing for it because projectors were not really meant to market. We're meant to put it out there. And when people like it, they come to you. They give you faith. So I haven't done on marketing. It's something I would like to do, but I've been more focused with this business. And I have a decent number of clientele that every six months to a year, because it lasts forever, um, they come back and order it. So it's good. And it's just 
kind of naturally organically spreading by word of mouth, which I love that. Well, hopefully someone on here, if they're suffering with psoriasis, they can try out your product and hopefully start healing. That's great. Would you say that that has like been on your heart and mind lately or has there been anything else that you've kind of been like thinking through or has been coming up for you lately? That, yes, has been on my mind, but I've been thinking about it for a while. Something that's really been on the forefront of my mind is mental health. After everything we went through with quarantine and just the impact that that's had on us as society and as a collective, I just, I constantly am thinking about that. I'm constantly wondering how people are working through the healing of post-pandemic now that we're kind of getting there. I was in Los Angeles, which was the epicenter for quite a long time and saw a lot of dangerous behavior, but also kind of understood how we want to get going. We want to, we need communication. We need human interaction. So just what a year and a half did to so many people. And I've really, it's come up a lot in my readings, all my clients. And asking questions of how can I work through this? What can I do for this? Where do you see depression in my chart? Where do you see anxiety in my chart? I've been dealing with um, borderline personality, just all kinds of things coming up for people because pandemic kind of exposed everything. So it's been really interesting, this new perspective we have and seeing how that's helping people, but also challenging them more. So that's something I've really been thinking a lot about. Yeah, I know. What's interesting about the pandemic is that we all experienced it in some regard. So it affected all of us where sometimes one tragedy will affect someone and you, I mean, you, you're you going throughout your regular life, but it was the one thing recently that has affected all of us and it's continuing to have an effect on our lives. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a matter of how we all now move forward from that time. Like what happens now? What did we learn from the process? What do we want to continue doing? What do we want to get rid of? And just going forward with that? Do you have like general practices that you have for your clients or people as far as mental health goes? Just trying to, I guess, move on from that past year we have. What are you doing with your clients to kind of help them through that? Yeah. um, I was suffering too. I actually was, my anxiety was worse than it had ever been. And I was Mm -hmm. dealing with depression as well. And a lot of my clients were suffering with the same things. So I was really working with them on grounding practices. I started my spiritual journey about 10 years ago, and then I ended up doing a certification uh, in yoga and meditation. So I've really been working with my clients, recommending meditative practices and not even necessarily just sitting down and meditating because for some people, that's not something that they feel that they can attain right away. Like meditative Mm -hmm. walk, being in nature, just finding ways to feel happy, feel like you and doing it regardless of what you should be doing or how hard you should be working. Or if you lost your job, you should be looking for other things. Take time for yourself. We are not taught, especially in this economy, in this country to take care of ourselves. And another reader I really love, um, she's taking a break right now, Megan, but she talked about how capitalism takes advantage of the sacral, which 70% of us have. We don't. But um, a lot of people have that really powerful sacral and capitalism kind of abuses it as more and more and more and more. Work faster, work harder. You have the energy. Why are you sleeping? Why are you relaxing? You should be go, go, go. Mm-hmm. You know, so really, really going back to basics with human design and really aligning with strategy and authority for each type. And depending on if it's a manifesting generator, they're going to need a wellness practice that lets them get their energy out versus a projector that's going to want something more grounded, more restful, Mm -hmm. more restorative. So um, really going back to mental wellness through a spiritual practice, through Mm -hmm. a meditative practice, but in dance can be meditation, you know? Anything you can lose yourself in. Reading can be a meditation. Anything that gives your mind a moment to reset and come back to mm-hmm. neutral. I think that's one thing that's super important for everyone to find what that is for them and yeah, to not for everyone. wait to find it, to really like search for it because that is such a key factor in knowing who you are and being able to draw yourself back from certain things when you need to or to push forward when you have the energy or whatever it is. I think that's such an important key is like what is your form of self-care? What is your form of resetting or just knowing when you are doing too much and when you are good to 
keep pushing on. And I think we were all doing way too much during the pandemic because like, what do we do? We only know how to work. We're all working from home. Mm-hmm. You know, we lost all yeah. of our boundaries with work life. So kind of reevaluating your values and setting those laws for yourself. Okay, this is what we do. We have to prioritize ourselves over our bosses, over, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, that don't necessarily deserve all of that energy, let's just say. Um, you mentioned intuition earlier, and I think this is like kind of a buzz topic as far as really understanding that. I mean, there's people describe intuitive eating or just regular intuition of as far as like what they should do next. And then some people think like, oh, intuition is woo-woo talk. Like what do you define as intuition? How do you harness it? And how do you know when your intuition is kind of off? I know that was a loaded question, but yeah, no, that's okay. Um, topic of intuition. I actually teach a whole workshop on intuition and it started with clinic intuition, which was the one that I have. And it's the most clear for me. But the more I was doing that workshop, the more I was understanding we all have intuition. Yes, it can be stronger in some type, but I found an intuitive line in your chart. You have gate 48, which is the gate of death. That's an intuitive line because it's found in the spleen and it's actually clairvoyant. So you have clairvoyance means clear vision. So sometimes you can clearly see what what you're going towards almost like a deja vu. You'll recognize it when you see it. There's clear audience, when you uh, have clear hearing, um, clear sentience, which is clear feeling. That's 850, like when you get the um, goosebumps, but it can mm-hmm. be found all over the body. It can be found in the head, in the ajna. It can be found in the sacral response. It can be found in the splenic response. But essentially, intuition is the gut instinct that we have. And it's that feeling of butterflies or Uh, Like I just said, when you get goosebumps, it's those moments where you're connecting to something higher than yourself and also Mm -hmm. trusting your somatic response. The body is always going to make the decisions because you'll feel it. You'll feel it through a release of pressure, a lightness, a happiness, a positiveness, or you'll feel a heaviness. You'll feel a sinking kind of feeling in your stomach. We have more neurons in our gut than in our actual brain. So being able to tune into the body, having kind of a healthy gut, healthy gut flora really helps access our intuition. And a lot of people are surprised. They're like, oh, let me just meditate and connect. Yes, that's part of it. That's definitely Mm -hmm. part of it. And you can develop your intuition through practices like that, but with no experience, ready to go today, gut feeling, Mm -hmm. happiness, positivity, Butterfly is kind of a lifting feeling is a yes. Mm -hmm. A dropping kind of heavy, sinking, maybe nauseous feeling is a no from the body. So Mm -hmm. intuition is as simple as a gut instinct and can be developed into psychic abilities and as far as mediumship. And Mm -hmm. some people definitely have more sensitivities and have the gift stronger, but that's not to say that anyone can develop it, which I Mm -hmm. strongly believe people can. And having um, spiritual experiences, having seen ghosts or spirits or whatever you want to call it, being able to sense energies in the room, being able to see auras, feeling like you can kind of tap into somebody else's thinking mentally. You kind of feel what their next step is going to be. You think of a song and it comes on the radio. Mm-hmm. You think of a friend and they text you. That's all intuition. And we mm-hmm. don't necessarily connect it like that. But it's, it's as simple as that. And the more you think about it, the more you become aware of it. And then when you try to create intuition, it gets further away. But when you're letting it flow and trusting your gut response, that's when you really start to connect with it. And that's when people are like, whoa, am I like a superhero? What did I just do? It's definitely catching on more as like a woo term. It is fuzzy, but it's interesting. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of research on it for years. And it's a real thing. If you want to work with it, it's a real thing. If you don't believe in your intuition, it's not going to show up. It's not going to work. Mm. So it's believing in it and trusting, literally trusting and knowing yourself is the key to accessing your intuition. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think what the problem is sometimes people might have a general intuition or they know that it's there, but their brain kind of kicks on or society things that they are used to being or used to hearing that kicks on and they're like, no, I can't trust that because the normal way of doing things would be this and this and this. And they go with the normal way of doing things or whatever that is and then ignore what their 
body or whatever their way of understanding their intuition is telling them, I think is a lot of the times. And depending on where I am in my life, I can always fall back into that not trusting my intuition or doubting it or doubting that that's the path I'm supposed to be on or that I have like a correct path. So I definitely can see how those can be conflicting for people. But I love that you are helping people harness that. The number one way people ignore their intuition is money. Like, oh, well, I can make this money now, but I feel like I should be doing this. I feel like I want this, but there's money here now. And even though Mm. there can be a greater amount later waiting for it, people really can't do that. Like, let me try this. And then it doesn't work out or they lose it or something else happens. And they're like, oh, I should have done this. And I really enjoy helping people wait for the right time rather than like, oh, let me do this. A lot of times we're told to react immediately when waiting for our own response, our own strategy is really going to pay off in the long run. What do you tell people who feel like they can't rely on intuition because they do just have to make money? They do just have to pay a bill. They do just have to like feed their family. Like, What do you tell those people as far as like how they can start to harness their intuition, but also get by if they're in that place? Yeah, I've been in that place a lot. And for a long time, and I'm like just coming out of that place, I used my intuition to kind of trust that something bigger was coming. There was another client coming. There was another, there was going to be interest. There was going to be another purchase. And even though it wasn't a lot, I of course had another job. I was working as a teacher and was laid off in the middle of the pandemic Mm -hmm. because So I was kind of forced to bring my human design readings and life coaching to the forefront of making money. And there was a very intense period where I wasn't sure how to pay for things, how to make ends meet. So there's a happy medium. It's not just like, no, I'm not going to work. I'm just going to wait for, you know, whatever. There's the practical side of how can we make money now? What are we doing? But not like, okay, I'm going to work two jobs, completely drain my energy and I'm going to work a minimum wage job, I'm going to work two minimum wage jobs and make less money than if I were to have a client once a day. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of looking at that and not pouring all of my very limited projector energy into something that was going to not feel satisfying and not feel successful for me and kind of thinking, okay, how can I balance this and still make it work? So there's always a way. And then I take them through exercises. I take them through How does it make you feel to take this job? How does it make you feel to be in this situation? What do you want without, you know, without thinking for certain types? There's like different ways to work through it, but it was, I was working all of them in the body. Do you trust what's coming next? Do you trust this? No. Okay. Go get those two jobs. If you have a sacral, that might be less of a problem for you. So I really had to find that balance for myself and then started advising clients and my intuition was working for them. You know, when you buy a rating from me, you're getting my intuition, you're getting my information and what you're going to be available to is what's going to come to me naturally. And I can make that suggestion. I can have that idea and hold that space for you to kind of, "Mm, I don't know, we'll see and kind of work it out. Mm -hmm. So usually I'm presenting, most people are here and they're like, oh my gosh, they're just in this very narrow freaking out. And they're not able to think clearly. And I kind of just keep their eyes open. Okay, what if we did this? What if we, and then they kind of have more space and more room to think about. It's relaxing. It's calming to think, okay, I have options rather than this is all I have to do. I have to make money now and I'm desperate for it. Being in that Mm -hmm. position sucks. I hope a lot of people optimize their energy and kind of work towards something that ended up working out for them, which was amazing to see. And then they messaged me and be like, oh my gosh, you're right. I think that's powerful because it gives people kind of a vision for their lives or gives them something to reach towards, even though they're not necessarily where they want to be now, or it seems daunting, or it seems like the world is kind of closing in on them. There is still always that glimmer of hope and light in the distance, but it's a matter of like, can you see it or can you get yourself to see it or find uh, ways that you can open your eyes to it? So I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. And it's really about trusting yourself. It's so amazing to do a reading because then you get this confirmation that all of these things that you have felt but haven't really felt strong enough or confident enough to bring to the surface, they're there and you can rely on them. It's kind of a confirmation for most people like, oh yeah, I can do this. I have the gate of shock. I can, I can adapt to shock really well. I have the gate of crisis. I'm, I'm good in a crisis. I don't have to worry about this. So it gives people confirmation, which is the most amazing thing. It is. Um, I kind of want to get into this idea of Saturn return because I've actually brought it up on a few podcasts. And I 
I think whenever like, for example, I'll bring it up to my boyfriend because we're both around the same age. I'm like, oh, we're in Saturn return. Da, da, da. People tend to be like, okay, whatever, like roll their eyes or be like, you're crazy or or they're very into it. So there's kind of like that fine line. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very into it, but I want to kind of have you explain it and how we all kind of go through it and like what is Saturn return and what does it mean for each and every one of us? First of all, I do have to say one of my favorite quotes from a very famous billionaire. He said, it's JP Morgan. Millionaires don't believe in astrology, but billionaires do. Oh, wow. And there are plenty of examples throughout history of very prominent individuals using astrology successfully to be able to create the wealth, create the success, create the life that they desire. So when people are like, oh, astrology isn't real, Mm -hmm. it's very real. (laughs) It's very powerful. And I don't have to prove that or I don't have to explain that. There's plenty of information out on the internet. So I'm always very confident when I'm talking about it because if you want to align with the stars and want to utilize them, it can be really helpful. I wish I had had human design before my Saturn return and not found it like at the tail end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's how it goes. <laughs> so the Saturn return is when Saturn goes back to its original place when you were born. It takes about 29 to 30 years to make a full orbit. And Saturn is the most malefic of the planet. So it has very masculine energy. Uh, It obviously has the rings, which are binding. Rings symbolize marriage, symbolize commitment, symbolize uh, morality. So it has the rings which bind us. And Saturn binds us to our morality, to our responsibilities, how we show up as responsible, dutiful adults. And when Saturn comes back around to its original place in your birth chart, it is looking to see if you have applied the values and morals that you have not just decided for yourself, but that you have a sense, an inner sense of who you are and how you should live. And Saturn comes back around and checks up on that. Are you living by your own laws? Are you living by your highest standards? Are you showing up in work, in career, in your daily life? How are you showing up? What is the energy that you're bringing? And so it was really interesting for my Saturn return. I was dating someone that was not aligned with my morals. And I was doing work that was in my innocence motivation. So uh, getting a little bit into the innocence motivation, that's my transferred motivation, which means that's where I'm living in my not self, as we call it in human design. My proper motivation is desire motivation, which means I should be out speaking, encouraging people, working with clients. But at that time, I just wanted to be a writer. I just wanted to be a translator of uh, French realist literature. And I didn't want to be known. I wanted a pen name. I didn't want to have any interaction with clients. I just kind of wanted to be doing my own creative thing, which was something that I love, but that wasn't aligned with my purpose. And I knew I wanted to do bigger things, but I was very shy, very introverted. I'm an INF, INFP uh, in Myers-Briggs. So I wasn't honoring how I was supposed to show up in the world. And I was so afraid and so shy and just imposter syndrome. Who am I? What am I supposed to do? I don't think I could, you know, and just kind of like talking myself into a little box. Mm -hmm. And of course, my anxiety at that time was letting me know, like, you're not good enough. You shouldn't do this. So I was like, I'm just going to be this little artist in Paris and not really show up. Yeah. And that only worked for so long. And I really fought it. And my relationship ended up being super chaotic and emotionally abusive. And Saturn was trying to push me out, 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 go. So, of course, when you're in love, you're like, no, I want to hold on to this one. He loves me. And Mm -hmm. we tend to not really see through clear glasses. So I felt in my Saturn return, I was holding on to those things tighter than I ever had. And Saturn was like, no, you Mm -hmm. can't. This is not, you're better than this. You're so much better than this. But I was so afraid. Mm -hmm. So it took some work. It took some serious work. But eventually I started learning about human design, came around towards I think it was like right at the end, like with like two weeks left, I saw this lecture and I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? It's like based in astrology. This is so interesting. So that really helped me kind of like, oh my gosh, wait, this gate is it? Oh my God, I have exactly, you know, Mm -hmm. and kind of unfolding 
oh, these are all my gifts that I'm ignoring and I'm trying to use the gift that I was told out here or that kind of stuff. So the Saturn return kind of takes the rug out from under you and like shakes it and it's like, okay, are you, are you following your own laws? And I wasn't at that time. And eventually coming back to myself, one of my favorite Ruby quotes is the longest journey is the journey back to the self. Hmm. And it's been four years. It's I'm 34 now. And it's really kind of reminded me that I knew this all along. Yeah. I could sense it all along. And that's intuition. We know ourselves. We know what we enjoy. We know what brings us happiness, lightness of the spirit. I was so interested in my skincare, but then like, oh no, I can't sell this. Mm. I couldn't. I'm just some random person. Their skincare market is saturated. I don't have to, you know, but that's not true. Once Mm. I started talking about it, people started ordering it. So without my Saturn return, it's really interesting. We would be very complacent without Saturn. So a lot of people are scared of their Saturn return. And I always let them know it's not something to be scared of. Mm. It's something that's going to align you. Yes, it might hurt emotionally, maybe physically. (laughs) Um, I mean, I felt like my heart was breaking over and over and over. I was like, I want this person. But now in hindsight, I can see how bad they were for me. And Saturn was like, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to get you out of here. So the Saturn return, if Saturn is leaving you alone, you're living according to your morals. If Saturn is giving you a really hard time and you're struggling between that age of 29 to 30 and just like, oh my God, my relationship is falling apart. My career is falling apart. A lot of people get divorces at that time. If they marry too soon and it's not aligned with who they are, uh, they end up switching careers or end up having something catastrophic happen sometimes. So it all depends on how out of alignment we are and how much Saturn is trying to get us back to who we are who we were meant to be. And so I have people who are as young as like 20 asking about their Saturn return. I'm like, you've got nine years, you know, getting prepped. Yeah. But it's definitely been something that a lot of people are talking about and it's easy to understand within the context of astrology, but in the context of human design, it makes it even more specific. So it tells us the gates that show up there and the specific lessons that we'll learn and the themes that will it'll play out in like the house is it the sign is in if it's in the first house it's the house itself so that means you're going to be really introspective and working on developing your yourself focusing on your wellness focusing on your mental health whatever it is there mm-hmm. could be it could show up in the house of community it could show up in the house of philosophy so it really narrows in okay you're most likely going to be experiencing this for this amount of time and Without Saturn, we would be very complacent to just kind of live without our responsibilities and kind of never grow up. And so Saturn Mm. is here to help us show up as fully developed adults. And we have three Saturn returns. We have one at the first 30 years, one around 60 and one around 90. Mm. And they get less intense as they go. The first one is the most intense, but Saturn comes around three times in the average human lifespan. How do you recommend people support themselves if they're going through a really crazy Saturn return? If everything seems like it's falling apart, like how would you recommend to kind of support and lean into it instead of pushing away from it as much? Like how do you kind of use your, again, intuition to kind of lead yourself through that time of your life? I would say stop resisting it. Let it happen. Let it burn. Let the relationship go. Let the career go. Let go of everything that you were thinking that you were supposed to have. And then ask, who were you listening to? Were you listening to your parents? Were you listening to your community? Were you listening to anyone outside of yourself? If yes, take some time, listen to yourself. Start to listen to your voice. Start to figure out what you want. Usually, what did you do as a child? If you were super creative as a child, if you were trying to write a book as a child, that's usually what you're going to want to be trying to do as an adult. And those are natural skills that are in our design that are trying to come out. So it's whatever we express as children tends to be a way that we want to create and live in our lives and not just show up in a career or to show up in a certain certain way, but having a purpose and having something that is fun and fulfilling. I would always pretend to be a healer. I would pretend to make like, I'd go in the backyard and get all of these leaves and flowers and like mix it together and pretend like I was making some kind of like stew that would like help 
people or something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, now I make skincare. This is crazy. That's amazing. So a lot of my clients end up going back to the creative endeavors that they dreamed of doing as children and then kind of making it into an adult version, which then creates something super unique, super playful, something that feels satisfying or feels wonderful to them. And they're able to make more money and able to be more successful and see themselves and have confidence in their spirit once they do something like that. And it's usually connecting with people. It's usually something I'm always amazed at what people want to do and where they go rather than just being a lawyer, just being, you know, just kind of showing up in one way. They can show up in multiple ways Uh and it's amazing. It's incredible. And then they end up inventing or innovating something kind of like what I did with my skincare Uh and you never know where it's going to go. Human design is all about the science of differentiation. We're not all supposed to be working the same jobs and doing the same things. It might work for a temporary part of your life, but when we can create our own work and do it from our soul, it's going to be far more successful and far more fulfilling than working for someone else. Plus, you can make more money working for yourself in the long term than you can for other people. So really kind of bringing people back to themselves rather than like, oh, your parents had money and paid for you to go to law school, but then you're not happy. Mm-hmm. You feel dead inside. What is that telling you? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going from there and people... People figure it out. People are smart. I don't really have to tell people these kind of things and clients. I guide them to it and they know it. And that's the thing. They knew it. They just needed someone to confirm it. They just needed yeah. the, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't have been doing mm. that. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think like a lot of times with that, when you lean into that, there's more ease there than there was from what you were doing. And like you said, in earlier times in life, we kind of lean into the things that we were praised for or that people loved us for and go that route because that seems to be like what we're supposed to be doing. But it's not always the same thing with what you were actually aligned with. So it's kind of separating a lot of patterns and things that you were told a lot of the times all your life to getting to what your uniqueness or whatever that thing is that you're actually supposed to be leaning into. So cool. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So for anyone that doesn't feel like this is real, just ask yourself, like, how how do you feel? Like, would this help you if you leaned into it? Or just like being a little bit more open to things outside of yourself, I think is always so interesting. But I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) I want to get a little (laughs) into my Saturn return a little bit because I I'll talk about my story with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I'm turning 29 on Friday, July 2nd. So I'm sorry, I'm turning 30 Friday, July 2nd. I'm in denial. Um, and with the pandemic beforehand, I, w- I always danced growing up. I started dancing when I was three. It was the thing I think that people saw as like the thing that I was praised for, the thing that I was told to do was kind of that. And I always enjoyed it, but there was all- often a lot of resistance within it. And I think with the pandemic, I was kind of forced out of it and forced to kind of recreate um, ideas for myself as far as like what I do for a living. And to me, it kind of led me into making this podcast and there were some ups and downs with it, but that's where I've kind of landed on where I am now. So I'm kind of interesting to see if that is true with what I was leaning into and all that stuff as far as what I guess I can use myself as an example. Yeah, absolutely. So I think your Saturn return started in January. It's not always specifically right on our birthday, but when it gets to the approximate place, so you have you have the same gate and the same line in your unconscious and conscious Saturn, which is 41.4. So 41 is the gate of decrease, the gate of contraction, which is making things more minimal. And it's all about the maximization of potential with less resources. You might think, oh, I have to do this. I have to have this going on. I have to have five jobs. I have to have multiple sources of income, but actually it's Mm. asking you to focus. And when you have less that you're working on, you can maximize whatever it is you're working on. And you have the fourth line, which is the opportunist, which is the networker. Your network is going to be really supportive to you within your Saturn return. If it's your followers, if it's your clients, if it's whoever you're working with, your family. So it shows up in the same sign, but it shows up in different houses too. So in your conscious Saturn, it's in Leo, uh, which is the performer, which I think aligns really well with your podcast and with your dancing. And it's in the second house, which is the house of possessions. So the gate of decrease 
in the house of possessions is asking you to shrink down, shrink your possessions, maybe let go of some stuff that's no longer serving you. Saturn is all about take what you need, leave what you don't. We can't carry everything from our first 30 years into adulthood. So things are no longer serving you, maybe ways of behavior, certain people. I've had to separate from a lot of friends in my Saturn return because I was growing. They were not, especially for you, the gate of decrease, really looking at your life and what is valuable, what really serves you, what is the most important. Obviously, dance is going to be in there and focusing on that. And that's going to help you develop into your highest, most responsible self by nourishing yourself and literally less is more. And then on your unconscious side, it's in Leo, again, the performer, and it's in the sixth house, which is the house of service. So this is how you show up for your community. This is how you are giving back, how you're participating in whatever you feel called to participate in, how you want to essentially serve others. And my, I have the incarnation cross of service. So I'm all about service. I'm all about showing up for my community, showing up for protests, showing up for my clients. Mm -hmm. How can I serve you? What can I do? Can you, what do you need? I'm here to help. And so looking at these two gates, but in the same gate, in the same planet, it really is like focus, focus, focus. It's asking you to let go of that, which does not serve you. And also maybe extra things that you think that, oh no, I would need that. Or let me hold on to this. If you've been considering letting something go, cleaning out your house and kind of like purging, this is what Saturn wants mm-hmm. you to do before the end of this year. And you, you might have a sense of what needs to be purged and released and what is super essential. So that's the main thing that Saturn is asking you to do. And if it's not forcing everything out of your life, then you might be perfectly aligned with how you're supposed to be showing up, which is really incredible. And I've seen a couple people that have just been doing the work and have been working on their spiritual life, working on their wellness, working on how they show up and Saturn leaves them alone. So what do you feel that Saturn has been like kind of bumping you around or has it been pretty smooth? What's your experience been? Technically you're about six months into your Saturn return. So you would definitely be feeling it if Saturn was pushing some stuff out. I feel like I am definitely in way more ease than I anticipated to be in Saturn return. I think I I had a friend that I actually knew really well from um, dancing with and she really went through it. I remember like being by her side during that time because she was like feeling very Mm -hmm. out of sorts. So she was one of those that was like being very pushed and I kind of witnessed that and she kind of prepared me mentally for what it could be for me. So I think I always had that in the back of my mind and then I kind of had fear on this time. So I tried to like lean into it before I even got there. But I still, when you said the thing about needing to do less and starting to pull things out a little bit more, I think I'm still holding on to a little bit of both. Like I feel feel like I'm still gripping on to like the before me, I saw value and just by doing many as many things as I could because I thought that meant that I was being productive or that meant that I had value was when I was doing a lot. But now I'm trying to pull away from that a little bit more, but it's taking me some time to figure out like what do I want to keep and kind of what, what I want to leave but it's kind of a difficult, that's the hardest thing for me is to do fully do less and still feel like that full value behind it. So I think I still need to push more into that a little bit more because I think I am doing kind of a lot of things right now, but yeah. they all feel aligned with like what I enjoy and like what makes me me. Um, I feel like I have three streams right now and I don't know if I need to bring them into one or just do a little bit less within all three of those streams. So yes. Interesting. So as a projector, you have no motors. I'm a projector that actually has two motors, but you have no motors, no no motors defined. So you really do, you're going to start to feel that kind of that pull of like, oh my gosh, how do I make this work? I have no energy. How do I make this work? I have no energy. So I would definitely consider maybe condensing them together, like a physical, um, talking about dance and wellness on your podcast, kind of bringing that together rather than trying to do two separate things. But there are ways to really innovate things that weren't there before because we're putting things together. We're bringing things together. The projector needs a lot of rest, a lot of time to pause. You also have the two line, you have the hermit line. So you need a lot of time to yourself, a lot of time away from others, and maybe even months at a time of just like being in your little hermit cave, you know, studying, researching, 
care, doing what you need to do to take care of yourself and taking time away from people, away from external influences. Mm -hmm. I do think that the podcast is very aligned because you have the channel of leadership and influence, which is the 731. So if you're not getting into politics, which I always recommend because we need people who are more aligned as leaders. I always love looking at politicians and seeing if they have the 731 and most of them don't. You have the gate of influence and you have a lot of followers on Instagram. You have a pretty broad reach. So you're able to utilize that and you're going to be able to lead and influence people in a positive way. Should you choose to, should you go down that path? Mm -hmm. I don't have the gate of influence, so I'm probably not going to have as much influence, which is totally fine. There's that potential there for leading. So that is something that you can kind of hone in and focus. How can I lead? What can I do with this podcast? What can I What is the direction I'm taking it, which I love where you're taking it. I think it's really interesting to share these kind of stories. And I'm just obsessed with listening to all kinds of podcasts. Anyways, you never know who's going to be on, what you're going to hear. It's just, it's so much fun. So you can find fulfillment in that leadership role in a podcast or in a movement that you create. However, you want to show up with that. You should be leading. You should be influencing. So that kind of confirms what you're doing now in some way. Plus you teach dance yeah. classes or fitness classes. I do. <laughs> yeah. So again, you're leading something. Yeah. So anything where you're leading like that, people are going to look up to you. People are going to be, oh, let's ask Sydney. And you're, they're going to seek your advice. They're going to seek your information. And then you have the channel of logic. So you're able to show up in ways that other people are not going to be able to show up. Being creative, being super creative might feel less aligned because you're working with logic. Everyone thinks, oh, we have to be creative. We have to start our own thing or we have to do it like this. You don't have to create something brand new. You can use logic. You can use what you know in a new way to access new information Mm -hmm. rather than like, let me start a whole new business. And for some people, that's not feasible, you know, and some people are happy with their direction, what they're doing. It all depends on, it all depends on the start. Mm -hmm. So I definitely see you aligned and on your way and be open to it. Be open to flowing with changes. Be open to less resistance and more contraction, kind of bringing things in. So developing your network Mm -hmm. and then people in the network can find you. And then they're like, oh, I need a reading. I need this. I need that. You can then recommend, oh, I have this. Oh, I work with these people. This is what I do. So that's the energy of the opportunist. Mm -hmm. And then taking that time when you're not working with the network, taking that time to yourself in that permit phase, away from everyone else's influence to kind of tap into your own influence. And even one of my clients, she has like a toddler. She's like, alone time is not feasible. Yeah. Even if it's five minutes, you know, recruit your husband <laughs> to take care of Or when they nap, <laughs> that's your time. Yeah. 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 It is essential to your design, to your energy. So if you want to be successful, even when you have kids, we have to find a way for you to have a little bit of a long time. I think we all need that for sure. Yes. That's so helpful. And I feel like you said, I'm, I feel on that track and it just, it reaffirms that what I'm doing is going, getting to that place or getting there eventually, but we're on, we're on the right track at least, which is all you can ask for. Before we close this out, I want to ask you just some final questions and then where people can find you and all that stuff. But um, I have two questions for you. What, Jen, do you want to be remembered by? It could be the work that you do or just any type of feeling that you want to have on the world around you. I want to be remembered for healing, for helping people, for healing their spirit. Not necessarily for having money, being successful, but I want to be remembered as a healing presence. Hmm, I think that's beautiful. Final question. What is one last piece of advice that you could share with my audience? It can be related to what you do or completely random advice. My advice is to trust your intuition. Don't trust what everyone else is telling you, what everyone else is saying. I always say don't should on yourself. Trust yourself. Know yourself. Spend time with yourself. Don't be afraid to be alone. And don't be afraid of what your intuition brings up. Sometimes we can be intimidated and think like, oh, that's too scary. That's too big. I couldn't do that. I I can't. But trust yourself. Your intuition is there for a reason. It's there to guide you. And the more you listen to it, the stronger it gets. And that's one of our one of our superpowers as human beings. 
That's my advice. I love that. That's great advice and perfect to leave us off on. Um, can you just tell everyone where they can find you and as far as if they want to get uh, a reading by you or your courses, uh, anything like that, your skincare, all of it? I am the Joyful Projector on Instagram and I'm developing my website now for readings and for bookings, but doing through DMs and everything. My email is also joyfulprojector at gmail.com. And then my skincare is a pocket can, which you can also find on Instagram. And I have a website, apothecan.shop, where you can order online. So everything is handmade for order. It's going to change your life. Anything I do, hopefully, yeah, will change your life. I think it will. It's changed my life already. Yeah. So amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here and taking the time out of your day and you're using your energy, which I know both of us have limited resources of. Um, so I can't thank you. Yeah, enough. yeah. Gonna go have a nap. Yes. <laughs> that is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow, as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime this podcast, obviously. Send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at something to share podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday.